Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you have made a wonderful decision by tuning into America's Home for Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am the one and only Todd Huff. It's a pleasure to be here, my friends. Email is Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And, you know, today, um, what I want to do... What I want to do, I guess, is start, and we got. I've got a lot of stories and things in the stack of stuff, hat tip to the great Rush Limbaugh. But I want to talk about the redefining of everything. Of literally, I mean everything, my friends. And when we redefine everything, what we end up doing is, what the, another way of saying that is, people are not accepting truth. And I want to say this off the top, and I want to talk about this, and there's, I mean, really, there's 50 stories just in the past couple of days, or dozens of examples of how this is true. It's right there before everyone's eyes, everybody who wants to see this, everyone who has a love of truth, everyone who wants to really understand and not simply accept the narrative because it is something that they desire or um, something that they want to believe in spite of where the evidence leads them. This, for people that want to accept truth, this is a good place to start because there's plenty, plenty of examples. But I want to say this off the top. The Democrat Party... Today's Democrat Party has become, and this is under the leadership of the radical left, dare I say, the godless radical left. And let me pause. I may have people who have tuned in. We're growing. We're reaching new folks. Whether you listen on Red State Talk Radio, whether you download this podcast, which I encourage you to do that. Even if you catch part of the show on Freedom 95 or whatever, download the podcast it's free if you miss something. Um, you can catch it later. And, of course, um, there's other things that we're going to be doing as we continue as we continue to grow. But you can download the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you would listen to podcasts. And if you haven't listened to a podcast, it, I know it was foreign to me. I, we're almost to the point. Next week is our on August 10th will be our 7 7th anniversary of when we started podcasting. And I started in the closet. <laughs> yes, I did. I started in the closet and yes, we had a coming out of the closet ceremony just in all in good fun. We just had a little bit of fun. Um and that's the show that we ended up taking to Freedom 95 and you know, we were put on it. Believe it or not, folks, this started this program started on the radio at 2 a.m. Now we're on during Morning Drive on Freedom 95, which you might be listening on that station as well. And we're on the verge, I, I, I can't say just yet, 
But we've got three new markets that were new cities that we're about to expand into. And then God willing, all glory to God for this, truly, um, all several other, many others that we're looking at expanding into. Um, anyway, all that aside, all that is to say, I didn't know what this stuff was. I didn't know what podcast. I remember when Rush talked about podcasting, download the podcast. I thought, what on, what on earth? And then I started listening to the podcast. I don't even think I knew. <laughs> I don't think I even knew I was listening to the podcast. It was such a new, new thing. Um, but it's really just this show um, that's delivered through an app on your phone. That's really all it is. And it's simple to do. And you can download it in lots of places and listen whenever. But today's, so if you've tuned in, if you've tuned in and you're from, you know, I, I want to, I want you to picture the continuum of people in my head as I'm talking on this program. Now, most of you are Christian, conservative Christians or conservatives. You don't have to be Christian, but a lot of you I know are. Um, a lot of folks are conservative, at least Republican, um, moderate Republican, whatever, libertarian. Um, so that's on the right end of the spectrum, the way that I think about the political spectrum. And then we get to the moderates, and then we get to the blue dog Democrats. If you continue moving left on this continuum, and you get to the blue dog Democrats, the the union Democrats, a lot of not all, not all of any of these groups fall, you know, uniformly within this particular range on the spectrum. But just in general, you've got teachers. Uh, oftentimes, will fall in this particular part, kind of moderate Democrat, blue dog Democrat, conservative Democrat. There's really none of these in Congress, <clears throat> but there are a lot of these, a lot of folks that fall into this category across the country. Then we move a little further left, and we've got liberals. Liberals who um, want to expand government, but they're not—they're not woke. They just—they—they they are governed. I think that they want to govern by the their emotions. They see things that they don't like, and they think, "Man, that problem's bad, and it needs to be fixed." And who better to fix it than the government? I can deal with a lot of with with regular liberals. I wish we had. I wish the woke left, some of the folks in that category would come back to the to liberal, just to be liberal. Because at least we haven't completely and utterly lost our minds because they have in the radical left. The radical left, the godless radical left, is are the people that I'm talking about today. These are people who seek to redefine everything, everything. Well, I mean... Everything in life, they want to seek to redefine. They want to trick or bully or hoodwink Americans into buying into their morally depraved. And yes, I'm going to say it, it is absolutely morally depraved and completely false worldview. And that's important to note too. Politics is downstream of culture and worldview. And we talk about this on a regular basis, and I think it is very important to understand. The political arena is where these fights are taking place, but these it's it's like it's like a a symptom of a disease. So if a symptom of uh just say COVID, 
if a symptom of COVID is a cough, you can try to treat the cough, but really it's best to understand why the body is responding like that and seeing if we can stop the conditions that lead to the body needing to cough. Take it a, a step back. Treat the underlying cause instead of just the symptom. Now, there's benefit in some care. I'm not saying that sometimes the symptoms are bad and if, if something can run its course and then we're healthy again, in the, in the case of a medical analogy, then okay. But really, if we have a, a disease or an illness that just won't, uh, isn't going to just pass, it's best to figure out, can we eradicate it? Can we get rid of it? Can we find the cause and then address, uh, come up with some sort of a, uh, a treatment regimen some way to effectively change the underlying cause of what's of the symptoms. So the same thing, the same thing is true here when you think about politics. Politics is the symptom. The politics, people voting for some of these leftists and some of these crazies like AOC out there telling uh, the group of drag. Uh, drag show people that I saw some I've, I've seen this a couple of times now her saying that they're uh, they're the true patriots in America and so forth but the really radical the people the people who are saying that it's okay in fact it's even to be applauded and commended to teach three-year-olds which I've got a story in the stack of stuff today on that three-year-olds are old enough to determine so says one of these radical, Godless leftists, three-year-olds are old enough to determine if they're transgender or not. So I don't, just to be clear, that is not me talking. That's one of these radicals. And so those things, when they end up in politics, it's because of a couple of steps, one or two steps upstream, culture and worldview, feed into the political arena. And everybody wants to fix the political arena, right? That's understandable. That's like treating the symptom. What we really have to do is cut off and, and annihilate the argument that fuels or leads people to buy into this radical, leftist, godless uh, worldview and belief system. So that's where I'm coming from today. So this is the extreme radical left. This is a tiny percentage of overall Americans. Unless you're listening to my voice in some place like San Francisco or Seattle or Portland or maybe here locally even Bloomington. <laughs> but unless you are these are these are the fringe of the Democrat Party. This is not all Democrats, not even by a long shot. They are growing. These are the these are the people who buy in to what these radical professors on campuses are teaching. These are people who buy into some of these radical things that you'll hear from so-called Antifa groups. These are people, I mean, there's lots of examples. The extreme transgender movement, not, again, not someone who just identifies as gay, lesbian, transgender, uh, bisexual or whatever, but people who say, okay, let's Let's now force this into culture. Let's then teach it to kids in elementary schools. There's a radical wing of these, of these movements. 
And so, so that's what I want to talk about today. In order to win the political battle, which is where this is being, this battle is being waged, they, the radical left, through the Democrat Party, have to redefine everything. Now, I'm going to go through these today, and I, I have, I jotted down some, just some examples, and I, this is not an exhaustive list, but it encompasses the overall, uh, I guess, starting point, or the current, just the current place of where the American body politic is. We are at this crossroads where we have some people who don't have, they reject truth in some of its most fundamental and basic ways. And if that's the case, if that's the case, if someone is willingly and knowingly deciding to reject something that's true, we have a real problem on our hands because then at some point logic becomes irrelevant to that person. They lose their ability to have critical thinking. I mean, to buy into some of these concepts, my friends, you have to you have to basically turn off that part of your brain that's critical, that's logical, that analyzes, that tries to make sense of everything because none of this stuff makes sense but yet the radical left embraces it. And as I've shared on here before, ultimately the reason is, I'm telling you, I know some of you are resistant to believe this, but I am telling you, the underlying cause of this is that deep down, these folks on the radical left, first of all, they know that there's absolute truth. They don't want to accept it because that means that there is right and wrong. And from that, if there's right and wrong, then it is implied that there is a moral lawgiver. Uh-oh, we're getting close. Remember I said godless radical left? This is where they begin to bristle up. And again, I'm not saying politics is where you know we're trying to fight religion, but this is, they want a culture and a society that, does, that, that doesn't even allow for or doesn't even create scenarios where they would have to walk out into the street or in a public school, or at the job, you know, the workplace, or wherever, and hear these truths. They want those things silenced. They want that framed as hate speech. They want it banned on Facebook. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it because I contend that their conscience is so, so strong, so convicting internally that they can't stomach the notion of hearing it echoed externally. So that's where we are. The radical left is in control of today's Democrat Party. They're seeking to redefine every, I I mean virtually everything, things that we never even would have questioned five years ago, maybe two years ago. Now we're redefining everything in real time to the point to where sometimes some of these online Dictionary sources, dictionary sites will will simply change in midstream. In the middle of the day, they'll change the definition of a word. Or, in the case of Planned Parenthood, they'll go to their website and they'll basically reword things so that ectopic pregnancies are 
phrased or framed in such a way as to say that they are abortions, even though a week or an hour or five seconds earlier, their website differentiated between those two things. So I want to go through this today because it matters. It's the, I am telling you, it is the fuel. It's not just a political fight. That's just the battlefield. The fight begins in the heart. And it doesn't even begin in the mind, my friend. It begins in the heart. I'm going to talk about these things today, but I've got to take a quick time out. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So let's look at just some, and this is not meant to be anywhere near an exhaustive list. There may or may not be a couple of things in here that I am have thrown in for the the joys and the kicks and the giggles that it gives me here <laughs> behind the microphone. But let's just think about the things that we have in in broad daylight. We have been asked to redefine. Not even asked. We have the the new definitions have been imposed on the American people. Gender. We've talked about this a lot. Gender used to mean one thing, and by used to mean, I mean three years ago. Gender used to mean one thing. Today, it means something different. Today, it means simply how someone feels. Marriage. Marriage used to be between a man and a woman, and now it is to people in love and they would say if same-sex marriage is allowed that love wins this is how they do this by the way abortion is now referred to as health care as a right an unborn child is referred to as a choice again redefining terms here right before our very eyes now some of these are not new some of these are brand new Life has been redefined to be something that exists if the mother chooses to let the unborn child experience birth. Treason has been redefined to mean challenging election results or pointing out problems with the election, how votes were tallied or counted or uh, just anything along those lines. That's called treason today. Treason. It's not what that means, but that is what they've redefined treason to mean. Insurrection has been redefined to mean a riot or a Trump speech in which he tells the protesters to go to the White House, or excuse me, the Capitol building, and to peacefully and Uh, What was it? Peacefully and something else. Protest. I'm drawing a blank on the other word. Um, So that's been redefined. Taxes. I love this one. Joe Biden refers to taxes as our patriotic duty. Now, I'm not against against all taxes. Taxes are necessary. I know some of you may be. Some of you may be. But I think deep down, you understand and you accept that to have a government, we need to pay some taxes. But it is so far beyond what we are supposed to be, um, what the government is supposed to be doing, and of course, as an extension of that, what the government costs. It's not our patriotic duty to fund every whim 
and fantasy of some radical leftist, but yet that's what has turned out to be the case. There's a variation in weather. There's a slight increase in temperature. That's referred to as man-made climate change. In fact, it's called a, uh, what, a global catastrophe, a, a national or not even national, worldwide emergency that must be dealt with immediately. A semi-automatic rifle is referred to as a weapon of war or a, an assault rifle. Our constitutional republic is referred to as our democracy. The constitution is referred to as a living, breathing document. The constitution, the same constitution, by the way, that they can't find. If you, if you spot them the first and the third amendments, and you said between these two amendments there is the right for the people to keep and, and bear arms, they can't find it. But yet they can find somehow mysteriously in the 14th Amendment the right to an abortion. Low gas prices. This is one that just happened recently. Low gas prices is being redefined to the American people by this administration to mean $4 plus, $4 or so a gallon. Now, just a few, what, when Biden took office, what I see, the, I think the average gas price, I believe, don't quote me on this, I just, I've read this a couple times, I think it was $2.39, January 20th of 2021. So this is, what, 18 months ago. And 18 months ago, that $2.39 more than doubled because we eclipsed $5 a gallon for regular unleaded gasoline. And... Then, of course, they, they, the radical left, the Biden administration, the people who are in charge of policy, the people who have put restrictions and onerous regulations upon the oil and gas industry, they wanted nothing, no blame. Like Michael Scott in the office, I want all of the credit with none of the blame. That's what they want. So they take no responsibility for making it more than double, but yet they want praise for bringing it down from $5 to $4 or whatever it is today because now that is a low gas price. And ironically, it becomes low. <laughs> it becomes low in the sense, uh, in, in the paradigm created by the left. So in other words, in a world that's run by leftists, $4 a gallon gasoline probably is pretty inexpensive because they make everything astronomically expensive. So low gas prices have been redefined to be $4 or so a gallon. January 6th has been redefined to be a modern-day 9-11 or modern-day Pearl Harbor. Think about that. I mean, the if... Trump had made a comment like this, which of course he wouldn't, but for the sake of, just imagine, imagine CNN and MSNBC would be having historians come on their program and explain the carnage and the death and the mayhem and the destruction, and rightfully so, that occurred on 9-11 and on December 7th, 1941. But because there is a political narrative that is being told to the American people that requires January 6th to be redefined as a modern-day 9-11 or Pearl Harbor, they don't do any of that. They, they 
pontificate. They put their hands on their chin. They stroke their chin. And they say, wow, you know, when we really analyze this, when you look at the bigger picture, January 6th really was a modern day 9-11. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're saying that. A Trump election victory in 2016 equals Russian collusion. And perhaps my favorite. I told you I was going to throw a couple in here that I really like. What about dog show champion equals a legitimate non-profit expense? This is a story I saw on Pack Review. Headline, BLM activist Sean King spent boatload, all caps, of donor cash on a guard dog that he later returned. So, Sean King, Black Lives Matter activist, he has a uh, an organization called the Grassroots Law Pack, and he paid a breeder with that money, with his pack's money, he paid a breeder in the People's Republic of California $40,000, $40,000, $40,000 for a guard dog that, as this story points out, King would also keep as a family pet. And so he's, again, I think the total here looks like it's $40,650. And it's a guard dog. He bought that with donor money. $40,000. That is apparently... In today's world run by leftists, a legitimate expense for a nonprofit organization. And of course, last week, or was it last week? I guess it was last week. Last week, we had uh, the example, the most obvious example, which is kind of what triggered this thought the redefining of what a recession is. Recession is clearly, unequivocally, without question, two negative quarters consecutive consecutive quarters that means back-to-back quarters a quarter is one-fourth of the year january through march april through june july through september october through uh, december those are the four quarters if you have two of those that have negative gdp growth guess what that is a recession now you can argue as the biden administration is trying to do you can argue and say the economy is really not that bad because Job numbers are strong, which, of course, they're not. You see Amazon's laying off a boatload of people. Um, There's all sorts of problems with jobs numbers now. But you can make the argument that the overall economy is not as bad as the technical recession would lead one to believe. You're free to make that argument. But to say we're not in a recession is factually 100%. Actually, I'm just going to say 110%. Incorrect. It couldn't be any more wrong if they tried because it's what it is. A technical recession, two negative quarters consecutively, uh, two quarters that have negative GDP growth that are consecutive quarters. So they want to redefine everything. It is required. It is required. This is the book 1984, my friends. If you've not read, read that book, I encourage you to. Double speak and all this silly nonsense. It is designed to trick people into questioning things that they have known to be true about their lives, the way that life works, the universe, whatever, God. These things, the left is redefining them because that is how far, think about this, that is how far you you have to challenge and redefine basic 
conceptual truths, things that you experience on a regular basis, those things have to be denied and then redefined in order for you to be a radical leftist. Make no mistake about it. I've got to take a break. Listening here to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in Mere Moments, my friends. Welcome back, my friends. So, but it's not, it's not merely <clears throat> that the left wants you to believe, wants us to believe, me to believe, you to believe, your neighbor to believe, whatever, your kids to believe. It's not merely that they want them to believe in some of these silly things that I've rattled off here on today's program, ever so eloquently, by the way. It's not just that. It's really, that is that is kind of the prerequisite for where they want to take us. They want us, they want to take us to a place where we rethink or do, well, ultimately, where we do away with things like free markets. They ignore they ignore, blatantly ignore, the shining light that this nation has been in the history of the world as far as it comes to eradicating poverty by lifting. I'm not saying poverty has been solved, especially domestically. I don't mean that, but I mean when you look at overall around the world what free markets have done to lift people out of poverty, to lift people out of extreme poverty, free markets have done unimaginable uh, amounts of good, but yet they're still demonized. They're demonized because someone happens to be a billionaire or whatever, and they ignore, they ignore the untold millions and probably billions of people whose quality of life has been raised because of free markets and capitalism. Now, there's always going to be wealth disparities. I'm not defending or attacking Billion. I'm just, it is what it is. Billionaires, millionaires, whatever. But they ignore that. They want you to question whether or not you should think about this. Really be free. Free to earn what the market says you're worth. Free to create what you want. Free to, you know, choose to live your life. They they want they want something that they can manage. They want an assembly line. They want you to go to school, to college, to come out, they'll place you. Folks, I, I went to school with some of these folks. I remember these debates. I remember talking about Plato's Republic and everything else. I remember talking about talking with fellow classmates and professors, some of which thought some radical things. Things like, well, parents really shouldn't be the ones raising kids. That should go off to the state. Parents are too emotionally involved. They're their perspective is tainted, so we got to send them to the professionals, and we have a technocracy on our hands. This is what they, they want you – this is really what they're attacking. They want to attack the traditional values that we have, Judeo-Christian principles and beliefs, which is ironic because they say that has nothing to do uh, with our country. And I don't mean that our country – our country is not a theocracy, but to pretend that there's no Judean-Christian principles in this country is beyond naive – so why are they trying to undermine principles that they say we're not part of this culture and this, uh, you know, the people that founded this country? They want us. This is why they want us to view everything through the spectrum of race and gender and political party and biological sex and sexual orientation. That's well, I say biological sex. Then they then they want us to not view it through that lens because of gender. It, it, not they don't want there to be any truth. They want there to be 
a consequence-free type of existence, no right or wrong, where everyone can live whatever type of lifestyle they want, no matter how destructive, and still be, I guess, taken care of because, you know, as far as having income that's guaranteed by the state, that's provided by the God of government, they want us to get to that mindset. And unfortunately, a lot of folks have, I don't know, kind of... uh swallowed the, these these pills. Meanwhile, and I'm going to take a break, but meanwhile, there's some things that they don't even want to redefine. They want to pretend like they don't have definitions at all. For example, ask a leftist what a woman is. Good luck finding that out. Ask a leftist what a man is. Well, they'll probably tell you what a man is, which is a sexist or misogynist, but in the eyes of the radical left. They don't want to define these things. And I'll tell you what they really don't want to define, truth. You really want to send a leftist off the edge. Just start saying the word truth. They, I'm telling you, they lose their ever-loving minds. But what's so interesting, what is so interesting is the harder someone denies that there is a truth. It is a truth claim, my friends. It is a truth claim to say that there is no truth. It is impossible to state, to make your argument that there is no truth because that in and of itself is a truth claim, which, of course, invalidates your entire premise and argument. But, again, none of this matters if you can undermine truth, if you can undermine logic, if you can destroy the education system. And instead of making about learning things and how to think and being able to be critical of what's happening in your culture and society and your government, Instead, make it about, oh, we have to be accepting of all these of all these uh, different things and, and they're morally equivalent and they're all equally good and all this sort of nonsense, which leads to cultural rot, which leads to political disaster, which is where we are. Politics is downstream of worldview and culture. And I've got to take a break. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> left constantly tells us that there's a war on what at fill in the blank war on women was a big a big thing this is kind of their standard procedure for introducing a topic um to you know to to get people fired up a war on climate all this sort of stuff there's a war on on everything everything that just so happens coincidentally <laughs> Coincidentally, to be the side, uh, there's a war on everything that they're trying to save, right? And, of course, what does it take? Every time, what does it take to fix the problem? It takes massive amounts of tax dollars, and it usually takes – well, it always requires some degree of government growth. And, of course, anytime there's government growth, there is, by definition, a loss of liberty. That is the the trade-off. I mean, that is the trade-off. I know that – some people don't see it that way, but the more government grows, that means the government is expanded to take up more areas of life. That means those freedoms that might have been uh, outside of the purview of the government at one moment have been gobbled up, have been swallowed up by, by the government. And so there's always lots of money involved. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to enrich your friends. You gotta be able to enrich your family. You gotta be able to get you know, some money so that you can invest in insider trades, right? I mean, 
I'm just half kidding, but this is this is kind of the 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 mo, the way that it's it's done. And there's always a loss of liberty, and there's always a lot of uh, money attached to it. Money that has to come from somewhere, whether it's from taxation that's increased or whether it's through inflation, which we've gone through. When did I go through that? Yesterday or the day before one? We did an extensive program on inflation, which is a direct tax on everybody. It is caused by the government, and everybody pays it in the economy. Now, the percentage of expenses that people have, again, it's not, uh, well, let's say it this way. Let me me throw that out the window. I don't want to say it that way. The people who have less disposable income are hit harder by inflation, right? The left who tells us they're there for the the little man or little person, whatever they say now, the war on poverty, there's another war that we were supposed to wage. They never, these wars never end. Talk about endless wars. How about those wars? The war on poverty, the war on climate, or at least how it's funded and presented to the American people, the war on women. These things never get solved. The politicians always tell us they're going to solve these problems. If you just vote for them, if you just donate to them, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Nothing ever gets done. They put a wedge between certain groups of American people or certain groups of Americans and other groups of Americans. This is this is the strategy, the technique. But the real war, I'm telling you, the real war is a war on truth. The real war is a war on deciphering what's actually happening, cutting through the BS and the nonsense to figure out exactly how to make sense of this disastrous world that's been ushered in by the Biden administration and the radical left. Again, it comes from culture, a bad culture and a bad worldview. It makes its way into politics, and this is where it has to be fought. But we also have to get out in front of it and impact culture and impact worldview and challenge these ridiculously stupid ideas before they permeate into the lives of other unsuspecting Americans through public education, through college, through whatever, through the Young Turks or whatever else is out there. I got to take a quick time out. Come back and wrap up. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> I tell you, people ask a lot of times, what what can we do, right? How do we combat all this stuff? I'm telling you, one of the simplest things you can do is simply teach basic truth. I mean, it, as simple as it sounds, I truth is a powerful, powerful tool that we, I think, sometimes underestimate. Yes, the mind, or excuse me, the heart does. Uh, the mind will justify what the heart desires. I should, I should say, but the truth is. A tool that can be used to at least be a persuasive way to get people to see that the error of their way. So I've got to go. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.